And so moms, I hope today that you are honored, that you are recognized, that every day we appreciate the love, the care, and the nurture that is, is given. Uh, but before we get into the sermon, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you so much uh, for who you are, and today we honor our mothers today. May you pour out your spirit to encourage the moms. May we lift up our mothers in our lives today. Um, your mothers get to know you more. Father, we come today before you to worship you, and we ask for your spirit to be with us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So today, as we celebrate the women in our lives that have nurtured, that have cared for us and loved us, we also know that these attributes of mothers come from the image of God. One of the things that we as people fundamentally always are looking for is to be seen. That's why as kids, when we were growing up as kids, we always go up to mom and say, watch me, watch me, look at me, look at me, right? My kids are always growing up to us and saying, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing, and oftentimes it's not even worth looking at, <laughs> right? Or when you look at them, they're just like, they're not doing anything, they're just staring at you like, what am I doing? But there's this desperate need for us as human beings that we want to be seen. That's why we want our moms to come to our school performances, our sports games, and no matter how bad we play or how bad we sound, it doesn't matter that mom is just present. For many of you know that I used to work for an organization called Urban Promise here in Vancouver. And in that program, I work with a lot of single-parent families, single moms especially. And I remember there was this one kid, and I'm gonna, not going to name any names in case some of you guys know him, that was very bright, very smart, single mom family, um, always, always just a bright smile, very positive attitude. And I remember he was in grade three at the time. And he just won, won his uh, science fair kind of competition. I guess they still do the science fair stuff. And he, he, he came out of his class. I picked him up from, from school to bring him to the after school program. He had his ribbon and his trophy, and he's so excited. And he, that he, he got first place. And so as we walked back to the after school program, I allowed him to share his science, school, sci science fair project. It was a rocket of some sort that he built. And then I let him go over to the, the, the office uh, where the staff, the, the, the admin staff, and I let him share there, and he was so excited. But it didn't matter how much he showed everybody and how excited everybody around him was. He said to me, I cannot wait to show mom this. I cannot wait for mom to see this. I cannot wait to, to, to show off my ribbon and my trophy to mom. And so as the program went through, mom... Oftentimes, his mom ran a little late. His mom, like most single-parent families, right, that it's, it's a lot of hard work. You're doing the job of both parents. And so she came, and she, she was in a hurry. I could see that she was in a hurry. She was a little late. It was okay. I, often, I was used to that. But she came in, and he's holding on to his ribbon and his trophy. He's like, Mom, look what I did. And mom just looked at him and was like, hurry, hurry, we got to go. He's like, put away your stuff. Let's go, let's go, let's go. 
And I could just see his entire body posture change. Just his shoulders slumped down. He put his things in his backpack. And off they went. Now this isn't a dig or to shame the mom because I know she's a great mom. I know that she works so hard for her kids and I know that she, she will do anything and everything for him. But this is to, to illustrate for us how much we want to be seen. How important for us to be seen, seen means. That as Alex shared today about the whole aspect of reconciliation with our parents, and I know that Mother's Day for some of us is really hard because we don't have a great relationship with our moms. But we may not have a good relationship with our, our, our maternal figure in our, in our lives. But one of the things that Jesus did call us to is the ministry of reconciliation because he began that ministry of reconciliation. And as hard as it is, reconciliation is important. Reconciliation doesn't require you to come into that place of saying, hey, I need to reconcile. But it comes from a place of understanding that Jesus reconciled you first. Okay? That we have to understand that the ministry of reconciliation is given to us because it was gifted to us first. That Jesus reconciled us to the Father and therefore we can, out of that power, out of that place, out of that love, that we could reconcile with our earthly mothers. And so I know it's hard, but this is a ministry that is called, even in Matthew, Jesus actually tells us as we deal with anger, that before we bring anything to God, before we bring our offerings to God, that we need to reconcile first, right? And so it's, it's, it's not just, as Ben put it, it's not just a suggestion or an invitation, it's, a, it's both an invitation and a command, right? And so I know that sometimes it's hard for us to, to come to that place. But here's the thing. That we have this innate desire to be seen. And no matter how your earthly mother is, that our earthly mothers are made in the image of God and therefore God, God's attributes are in there. That aspect of love, that aspect of care, that aspect of nurture, and yes, our earth mothers may have failed us, but God does not fail us. And in this place, I want us to be able to say, hey, Mother's Day sometimes, for some of us, it's great, awesome. But for some of us, it's a, it's a day that really brings up a lot of negativity. And so today, I want to bring an encouragement to you guys that God sees you. That in that place where you don't feel like your mom sees you, that God sees you. And as mothers, that we can change that and we could say we could see our children. Why is it, why are we so desperate to be seen? We want to be seen because to be seen makes all the difference in the world. Because when we are seen, we know who we are. We know where we belong. The, the desire to be seen is what grounds us to know who we are. I know, I know that even as introverts, oftentimes we don't want the attention. But even as introverts, we want to be seen. We want to be known. 
And God knows us. In Psalms 139, it says this, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. What David is writing here is that God sees us even before we were created. That he knew us before we were formed. That before we were even a thought in our parents' minds, that God already knew you. That he already created you. That he, he, he already saw you. To be seen is to be understood. To be seen is to be encouraged. To be seen is significant. It is to be safe. It is to be free. There's this past, the short passage in Zephaniah 3.17 that it says that he will rejoice over you with gladness and he will quiet you by his love. That what this verse says is that God delights in us and that he just wants to love you. One of the things it requires us is it requires us to dare to sit and to be loved and to be seen. One of the things that I was struggling as I was writing the sermons, I had to but juggle this Mother's Day, but I want to also talk about what happened last weekend. Who was here last weekend? How was last weekend for you guys? It was great. It was excellent, right? For those that did come, what did you feel? Did you feel seen? Did you feel seen by God? Did you just feel that God saw you in the places that you, nobody else was able to see you? I know that not everybody was able to, to, to have a seat or receive a, a personal prophetic word. And as a pastor, I mean, that's... That is kind of the tension of a pastor all the time. We just, we're constantly wanting that to, for, to put everybody, if we could, I was like, let's go through all the nights, like every single night and just wait till everybody is done, right? That's, that's the pastor's heart. I just want everybody to receive a word. I want everybody to, to be seen by God. But prior to, to last weekend, we also preached about how God still speaks through other people's words to you. Right? How many of you guys didn't get a, a formal personal word but still felt like there was a lot of things spoken over you? How many people? That's a lot of you. I was meeting with Stephanie on Friday and Stephanie was telling me how God spoke to him over the, over the weekend. That God, even though Stephanie didn't get a word on stage, I mean, he signed up, but we weren't able to get to him that there was this overflow that he received so many things and he started like listing all the things that God spoke over him. And I was so encouraged because Stephanie is relatively new to the church so he doesn't really know a lot of you guys. But So the context of some of those words are very different from what has actually spoken over the members. <laughs> but so many things that were spoken over those people is from scripture, Right? That there's a scriptural foundation and all that, and Stephanus was able to draw from that place. It's like, no, oh, that word was for me, that word was for me, that word was for me. 
these things are for me. And I, as he was speaking, I, I knew who he was talking about when, when they were sitting up here. And I was like, wow, the context is so different. <laughs> but it is so good that you were able to draw that out for yourself. And one of the things I do want to remind us of, especially for those that receive a word, is that warfare often comes with it. Okay? Because Stephanie told me, after Sunday on Monday, he just felt this slump. He felt this slump in his spirit where he's just like, oh, maybe it wasn't for me. And he had to get to that place of reminding himself, like, these are, these are the scriptures that God has spoken over me. So I want to encourage you guys, and today I'm gonna, we're going to go through a little bit of that. So for those that were here last weekend, I know this is, we're, we're, we're switching gears here and bridging it into a little bit of a family time and a little bit of a teaching time. For us, as a church, we are, to, we are called to write all these things down. And so many words that were spoken last weekend was for the church, right? I'm still, I'm actually going through the entire weekend again. So I'm listening to the entire weekend again and just drawing out all the words that were spoken for the church, right? Does every single one of you that got words for yourself? No, there was also a lot of words for the church in there. So I have to draw all that out. So it's a lot of work, but it's great. Six hours of audio listening. So much fun. <laughs> but after receiving the provider, it's important for us to take some time to reflect, to understand that there is warfare, to understand that I'm going to be struggling through some of this stuff, but I want to make it practical. So step one, I want you guys to write it down. In Habakkuk 2.2, 2, it says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it a plan, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. One of the practices of writing it down is that we actually get to review some of that word and when we write it down, there's this aspect, this is kinetic aspect that as we listen to it and write it down, some of this actually brings new life to it, okay? So I know it's hard. I know it's hard that we have to sit, listen, and be like, okay, I have to type this all out. I'm not, I don't type fast enough. I have to keep pausing. Eugene and I were just talking this morning. We had to do it on cassette tape back in 2006 because Rich gave it to us in cassette. <laughs> I, remember I told Eugene, I was like, I couldn't hunt. I couldn't find a cassette tape. This is what I did. I found a friend whose car had a cassette player, <laughs> and I sat in his car and I typed it on my laptop. Okay? So I had the car running and I'm pressing rewind and play and rewind and play. That was the only access to a cassette tape I had. But one of the things is write it down, write down your word, because that word is going to come back to you and it's going to speak new truth. You're going to be able to hear things that you did not hear while it was live. Because oftentimes when it's live, sometimes, I don't know if we're. Maybe I'm going to ask for a witness here. But sometimes we get caught on one specific thing and then everything else we don't actually hear. Right? Right? Liz is giving me a witness. Like, yep, that's me. I just, I got stuck on one thing and everything else was a blur. So re-listening to it, writing it down is that important aspect of going through it again and hearing actually sometimes for the first time again some of the truths that are coming through. Right? And so I want you guys to take this time and write it down. 
make it plain on tablets so that also for others to be able to read it too. Okay? So that others are able to stand in there and be that encouragement for you as well. The second thing is to pray about it. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but put everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. That we need to pray about it. That we need to guard some of these words. Oftentimes, like I said, when you receive a word, warfare always comes. Why? Because the enemy does not want it to happen. The enemy doesn't want you to walk this out. The enemy doesn't want you to walk out this truth. The enemy wants to say, no, this wasn't for you. No, they got it wrong. No, this is too far-fetched for you. Like, this is a big dream. You're not able to live that out. That's what the enemy wants to tell us. And so we need to pray for it. We have to pray through it. We have to pray and guard this for ourselves. We need to allow God's peace to come in, guard our hearts, guard our minds. That's, what, that's, that's why we need to pray through it. We need to pray through it our, by ourselves, but we also need to bring in our community to pray through it with us, right? Some of the things might be like, oh, this actually makes, makes no sense to me. So what do we do? We, we ask for a community to come around me and say, hey, can you sit with me and pray, th- pray with me through this? I've received this, but I don't understand it. Can you pray with me? The third thing I want you guys to do is to seek confirmation. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and then let the others weigh what is said. Okay? So we brought in a couple prophets. They spoke over us as a church. Now the hard work begins, right? The prophet part was the easy part, right? I'm not saying that, that the prophet's job is easy. I'm just saying that the words were given, that was the easy part. Now, as a community, we have to start weighing it. We got a huge word that was spoken over Alex and Jesse, but it was spoken over all the young adults in this church, right? Remember, all of you guys came up here, and we all prayed together, and there's cell group leaders popping out everywhere, right? (laughs) Actually, some of those cell group leaders, I think they're actually future church plants. Just saying. But we need to weigh that together as a church. This is a big responsibility. It's not just Alex and Jesse's job, but it's us as a church coming together and saying, hey, we gotta, we got to walk this out together. we got to weigh this together, right? Mike and Alyssa, you're not off the hook for cell leaders. <laughs> we called you out. I saw it. I witnessed it. <laughs> Carol and Andre, same thing. Mel, you too. Right? These are things where we walk out together. We weigh it together. We, we come to that place and say, okay, God, how do we walk this out? What is true? Where do we, wh- what do we take first? What is the first step out of all of those words, that, that big giant word that sometimes, especially when Ben talks, is like all the way up here and we have to weed through it? Now, how do we prioritize those things? How do we make it into um, a workable word where we walk it out together and that we encourage each other to walk it out? 
right? So, you guys are writing this stuff down, right? I think this is gold. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Uh, First Corinthians fourteen twenty nine. Let others weigh what is said. Okay, I know for for some of there there was this theme for the single ladies in this church, right? For all you single ladies, I I I know it's hard right now, but God has someone for you, right? They're just not ready. Guys are slow. I'm sorry. <laughs> guys are slow, and I'm sorry, ladies. It takes patience, but guys are just slow. They're slow to mature, slow to understand what God is speaking to them. When God says jump, they're still sitting there. <laughs> they're still playing video games. But ladies, there's this word, be patient. It's coming. It's coming. Receive that, take that, weigh that in. Grab other single ladies around you and say, hey, let's pray together. Let's pray for each other in this. Fourth is to act in faith. James 2.17 says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have work, is dead. Then Hebrews 11.1 also says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. We need to be able to have faith and to walk this out, right? Because if we don't have that faith to walk this out, then what did we just receive? God gave us this word to encourage our faith, to build up our faith, and now there has to be something that we do with it. I remember years ago, I don't even remember who it was, maybe it was Rich. It says, you, if there's a prophetic word over you that says that you're going to lead worship and that you need to pick up a guitar and, 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 and start playing, if you don't go and pick up that guitar, that word will not come to pass, right? You will not be leading worship because you haven't acted in that place of saying, hey, God, you told me that this is what I need to do, and because I am now taking that word, and in faith, I believe you're going to take me to that place, I am going to act and say, I am, this is going to be fulfilled in my life. If you don't pick up your guitar, you will never be leading worship. Just because God said it, it's not going to miraculously happen. You're not going to get that skill set just by osmosis, right? It's not like the guitar fairies in the air and they're going to sprinkle fairy dust over you and you're going to automatically play the guitar. That's not how it happens. There is an aspect of us acting and that acting requires time for us to walk it out, right? And so I want you guys to start, start taking some of that word and say, okay, what are some of the actionable things that I could do in this word? What are the things that, that gives me um, things that I could say I am going to do it? The fifth thing is to stay humble. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others 
excuse me, more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Stay humble. We need to come to this place with humility to say, okay, God has spoken these big words over me. Now what do I do? Now I humbly come and submit it to God, but we also submit it to each other. That's one of the things I want to remind us of, that this is a community thing, okay? That the words that we receive is a community thing, that yes, it's for you, and it's for you with this community, with, it may not be five stones, but with the church, okay? I know some of you are like, well, I received a word, but my plan is that I'm actually moving to another city in a couple of years. What do I do with that? Take that word and apply it to your new church, to wherever you go. Because God has one church. And so whatever, whatever church community you're part of, that is your community. That's still part of Five Stones Extension, okay? It's Five Stones Extended. So don't say, well, I'm leaving in a couple years. I know a, a couple came up to me and said, that was great, I was so moved. And there's so many things that were spoken that was so true, but we're, we're planning to leave in, in two years' time. So how does that play out for us here at Five Stones? It'll start here at Five Stones, but you take that and you continue it to the new church that you go to because you are now an extension of that and that you continue to do that ministry because you continue to be a part of church community. So stay humble in that place. Always go look at a place, go wherever you go, to, 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 to serve the interest of others. Okay, that's what, that's what we're called to do. We're called to serve the interest of others. You're called to be, I'm just going to name them because they're right there. It's Paul and Ethel. They were given a huge word. Paul and Ethel said, we're moving to in Windsor in two years. I was like, great. So take this with you. But in the two years that you're still here, let's build up what God spoke over you. This hospitality ministry that was spoken over to you, let's build that. Let's be a community that teaches you how to, how to and help you and give you that skill set and that model of, okay, I'm creating this ministry of hospitality. And when we go to Windsor, we're going to be the best, hosp best hospitality team to the new church that we're going to be a part of. And you're going to build and you're going to grow. I, Paul and Ethel, I believe that there is, it's not just a small group. It's almost like a mini, a mini church extension. It's a 2.0. Do that. Two years here. This is your, 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 your training ground. Because when you go there, you need to serve. It's go time there. It's not development time. Here's development time. Two years here, okay, guys? <laughs> work with Andrew. <laughs> but work beyond, with an beyond that. Build a team around yourselves, okay? That this word is for us. We stay humble. We, 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 we receive it with humility. The last thing here that I have is to follow up. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word not, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So follow up. Do what is, do everything that you have received. Okay? How many of you guys have actually listened to your word again at this time? How many of you guys have started to write it down? Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> it's good. Oh, I know who the keeners in this group is now. <laughs> but take that word and start writing it down as you pull out some of these nuggets and these truths. Start saying, okay, how do I do this? Meet up with either one of the elders in the church. Okay, you can meet up with either Ruth and Eugene. Where are they? I don't even know where they are. They're somewhere. They're here today. They might be in the overflow. Um, meet up with Alex. Meet up with myself. Meet up with Rich and Mimi. Uh, whoever it is, meet up with one of the elders. Let's weigh it first. Meet up with your cell group, okay? I know some of you guys, a lot of you guys are part of cell groups. Take one of the nights. I encourage all cell groups to do this, okay? Andrew, I'm going to ask you for permission right now. Actually, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> Take one of the nights one of your nights that you meet together and, and take a pause on whatever you guys are studying and let's say, hey, for th those of us that have received words or some of us that received some overflow words, let's go through that together. Okay? Let's sit and say, let's go through that together and then let's draw out things that we could walk together. Okay? How do we walk together, walk this out together? Right? Some of, some of this will, s will spark new ministries. Okay? And I'm excited for that. And I'm always up for new ministries. And so if you have a new idea, go talk to Liz because she's going to be the powerhouse behind your ministry that she's going to support you. Um, but we want to start new ministries. We want to start new things. We want to be able to, to, to have new ideas. And you guys are full of new ideas because we're a creative church, right? And so let's do this together. Take a, take a night out of your, your cell group. Pause on the, the curriculum you're working through and say, these are the words that we've received. Now what do we do? How do we do this? Let's, let's, let's bring everybody into this. Or if you feel like I have an idea and I have a group, they're not my cell group, but I have individuals in which I feel like I need to bring into my team. Go pick those people out and say, hey, I want to start something. Let's go talk to John about it. I'm so excited that we are able to do things like this. I'm so excited that these are the things that are going to come out of Five Stones. I'm so excited that Five Stones has, is given a new encouragement to walk out something that is fresh. One of the things that I really believe is there's going to be multiple plants coming out of this place. That's Pinestones has always been a, a church that wants to plant churches, right? And Rich is doing his thing with Five Stones Global where he's planting in major cities, which is great. I think that's part of it. But that's the bigger picture of it. I think there's going to be a lot of mini plants coming out of here that is to serve this city, the greater Vancouver, metro Vancouver area, right? Carol's moving to Maple Ridge. Um, Maple Ridge plant, <laughs> right? We have people in East Van, East Van plant. 
There are people in the Tri-Cities. I know a lot of Tri-Cities. It's not that far. Tri-Cities plan. Because some of you guys, Tri-City people, are, are getting old. Coming out here. Uh, well, I'm just being honest. You guys, mobility is going to be an issue. <laughs> plant in the Tri-Cities. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. But I think that there's going to be so many plants coming out of Surrey, White Rock, all these great places, all these plants out of Five Stones. This is a new thing. John's not going to be in the picture anymore. It's good. But we're going to be a church that leaves a legacy in the city and just goes into all the different places in the city. There was this word about arteries. We're going to be in the, all the major arteries of the city. What? That's awesome. Awesome. So follow up. But remember, the prophetic word is not to be replaced, not to replace your Bible or your own personal relationship with God. Okay? The prophetic word comes alongside of the Bible and your personal relationship with God. Is to give an encouragement for you to continue your your on the pathway of your study, your meditation, your contemplation, and as it, as as you do that, this is a, a a a walking stick or a rail for you to hold on to, and God's going to lead you to those places. But that requires you to continue your personal relationship. It continues for you to study the Bible. It continues to you for you to know what God's word is because that's where the truth, when you come into an obstacle of walking this out, that's where the truth and the promises of God that will keep you sustained to walk it out. Right? Amen? So stay grounded in God's word. Seek the counsel of trusted spiritual leaders. And always, always listen for your for God's still small voice to move you forward in faith. It's important to remember that while prophetic word can be helpful, it could guide, it could give us direction, that it should always be tested against the truth of God's word and discerned with the help of the wise and trusted spiritual leaders. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 20, 21 says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good church we are to fix our eyes on Jesus because Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith today even as we celebrate and honor, honor Mother's Day that we look towards God as the one that sees us the one that knows us and the one that made us let's pray Father God we thank you We thank you for your word. We thank you for this church. Lord, that we're able to come together as a community, that we're able to come uh, together as a church because you see us first. Lord, that we, we find ourselves in the presence of you on a daily basis. 
And Lord, as we move forward, Lord, may you continue to see us. May we be seen. May we, felt be, may we feel seen. So Father God, as a community, we just lift up all that we've received up to you. And Lord, may we walk it out so that your glory be known. We thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. What a great word from John. You know, the thing I love is just the tie-in to Mother's Day. You know, mothers are often the first ones to call out things of ourselves that we don't yet see. You know, you think back, how often did your, you know, for me, I was a rambunctious, bouncy little kid. Not much really changed. But my mom, I can remember saying, like, wisdom and patience. And I don't think anyone would have said those words over me until, I don't even know if they would now, but it's coming. I'm trusting in the Lord, it's coming. And so how cool is it that our moms are often just that person that can call out things on us? And there is such a power, like John said, in when we are seen and we are known and we are understood. And, you know, sometimes it takes a presbytery to do that. Sometimes it takes a cell group to get to know us. And, and there's two things, you know, that I really want to say there, and that is be vulnerable. Have, have faith in your cell group. It doesn't come immediately. Don't, don't just jump into a group and, and dump your life on them. That might be a bit much. But get into a group. Find the one that fits. Find the one where you can get to that place of vulnerability. And maybe it isn't a cell group. Maybe it's just a group of people that meet up. Whatever it is, the Lord wants us to do things in community. Why? Because we can comfort each other, we can pray for each other, and we can encourage each other. And, you know, I just thought, just kind of a, a, a little plug, but we're about to go into our summer testimony series. And it's, it's such an amazing time over the last couple of years of getting to know people. Like, how much did we sit in the presbytery and know things about people because of those testimony series? They're so encouraging. The other thing is I just wanted to throw up John's slide here. You know, the Lord just showed me there's kind of a cool pattern. And you see it, it starts with a prophetic book. And then there's two books in there in that process where, I'm just going to say they're both Paul because I can't tell you. But both Paul's books, and he writes about encouragement and structure. So you see the prophetic, you see encouragement and structure, and then what finishes it is the book of wisdom. And this is the path we have to walk. There's prophetic, there is structure, and there is encouragement. But then we have to have that wisdom, and we have to ask for that wisdom to walk out. Not one, not two, but it's literally the last three steps. And I think just there's a call. You know, Ben had a great word last week, and I want to repeat it. But there is a yoke that comes and, and we see the best pairing of oxen. It's not something we talk about a lot in modern culture, but the best pairing of oxen is a mature or veteran ox with a young and energetic one, right? And there was this great picture, and I think there is a picture that goes out to the church. You know, um, Saturday night we had this great call-up of the young, but there was also a call upon, I'm not going to say the old, I'm going to say the veteran people in this church, and those veteran people, it's very important to bridge those generations. So if you are a veteran couple, do not sit back. Go find the young person that the Lord is calling you to go mentor, 
to go sit with, to go walk out this next season. Go find them and say, I think the Lord is telling me that I need to walk with you in this next season. You might have to tell them your name. They might not even have met you. But you guys are veterans. You know how to do this. Be bold and step forward. Young people, I think the Lord is going to really start to call upon you to have mentors. And you're going to see people in this church, and you're going to have heard things about couples in this church. Same thing. Be bold. Hopefully, 50% of you are bold on one side, 50% on the other, and we get 100% coverage. That's just math. But in all cases, when you see these words, they take action, and they take steps of faith. And it is scary. I can't tell you how fearful I was the first time I stood up on stage to do announcements. Never mind give a, give a sermon. But we trust in the Lord, because he does not give us anything that we cannot handle in him it's not about can we handle it no absolutely not that's why he's giving it to you because he wants to walk this out with you and as you walk out that path your faith will rise and it will grow and then he's going to call it the next big scary thing on you and it probably won't stop until the day you die but then it's all happiness and glory after that so you have that to look forward to so lord we just pray this morning we just thank you for just the overflow, we're still feeling of how much you know us, how much you call out truth upon us. Lord, so often we get these images in our mind of how we are. And Lord, you cut right through that and you say, no, you are my son and you are my daughter and this is who you are. And he's going to continue to call that out until we start to believe it. So Lord, we just ask, Lord, you give us the faith to make that next step, to step out, not in energy and wildness, Lord, but to step out in structure, and then if we seem to step out into wisdom, Lord, that you would just call that process out on us, Lord. It's, it's sometimes the smallest baby steps that are the scariest. Once we're moving, it's so easy to run, but Lord, it's those first steps. It's that off the starting line, and so Lord, we just ask and, um, yeah, we just ask for your presence to be upon us as we take those steps. And Lord, we just pray that you would just bless us as we go forth this week. Lord, as everyone here is busy transcribing their word, Lord, you would just bless their typing fingers. And Lord, we just, um, yeah, we just pray that you would just bless us as we go forth. Amen.